2: Hey everyone, it's Fat Mascara. Welcome. I'm Jen, I'm Jess, and we are about to introduce the amazing Cat Marnell. Jen and I know Cat Marnell from, you know, just our days in beauty. We were all coming up at the same time in magazines where we were all kind of baby junior beauty editors. Cat Went on to write an amazing book. Jen and I
1: stayed in magazines a little while longer. Now we get to reconnect with her. Yeah. I. Whenever we talk, Jess and I talk about our baby beauty editor days, Kat was there for them. It was like, you know, you knew everybody at every magazine who had the same level position as you, and you would see them at different events. And so that's how we know her. Kat is the author of the books Self-Tanner for the Soul and the New York Times bestseller, How to Murder Your Life. She's also written for Nylon Self Glamour, served as a beauty editor at Lucky Magazine. I think that's where I met her, if I remember correctly. And she's had columns for Vice and XO Jane, where she wrote candidly about her drug addiction, a topic she delves into in her memoir, How to Murder Your Life. But as you'll hear from Kat herself in this interview, which is so great, she's in a good place now, mentally, physically, and she's feeling ready to re-engage with the beauty world. So we wanted to talk to Kat about beauty and obviously her writing and the products that she loves but we ended up having like a nostalgic look back at the magazine world of the mid-aughts and teens and just chatting about her life journey, which, by the way, heads up, if this could be triggering for you, this does include topics related to addiction and some of the beauty issues caused by addiction. Kat's very upfront about that. So if you have not read Kat's work, do yourself a favor buy her books, and subscribe to her column. She has her own column now. It's called Beauty Shambles. She launched that in 2020 and posts regularly, and you can read and support it on Patreon. I'll put a link to that on the blog. And now let's catch up with Kat. Okay,
2: Kat, thank you so much for coming on Fat Mascara. Well, it's been a long time coming.
0: I'm honored and thrilled to be talking to some beauty editors today.
2: When's the last time you were surrounded? Well, I mean, there's only two of us, but when's the last time you were (laughs) like, you were in like a beauty editor chat?
0: I saw Jean Garfrey June in Mexico, but that's more of a, it was just random that she walked out of this restaurant in Mexico City and I was like, Jean? And I was sitting there, but that doesn't really count. But we cried, you know, that was my former boss at Lucky, of course, is now at at Goop. Perfect fit, I believe.
2: It's the perfect. It's the
0: perfect fit. I mean, it's so funny. But no, I haven't been around beauty editors in so long.
1: That's all I wanted. It's good to see you. Oh my God, how many years has it been?
2: I have no idea. I don't either. You said that's all you ever wanted. I mean, did you seek out a career in beauty or did you stumble into it? It sounds like it was... It was more
0: than magazines, for sure. Like, I've never been... I mean, we all love beauty products, but... It's just strange because if you read my book, you know, those beauty queen magazines, I used to make them and I would staple them. And it was not like with there were some beauty products in it that I drew, but I would mainly draw like women, like yeah. make up their names. It was just, it was so similar to the real girl stuff that was then in Lucky that I would look at it and just be like, this is so crazy. Um, I was just obsessed with magazines. I've always played magazine games and then when I hit puberty, you know, like any home video that you have of me is like at 12 and I'm like, slipping through W and like not talking to people at my house, you know, <laughs> I've just always been magazine obsessed and have my, and then when I, my first internship was vanity fair, the fashion closet and fashion is, I'm just not that brain. I've always had weird clothes and I'm just like straight, you know, my fashion friends make fun of me, but beauty was a thing for the writers really, because everyone gets the same beauty products and it was just sort of about framing them and so my first beauty internship, I just fell into with Charlotte Rudge at Nylon, who had been Jean Godfrey junes assistant. And Nylon, at that time, this was like a couple years after 9-11, I guess, 2005, maybe 2004. Like that was the cool magazine that people who were taking a break from trying to work at Hearst or Condé worked at. You know, they would mm-hmm. leave their assistant mm-hmm. job at, at, like this is before Teen Vogue had even launched. I mean- it's around that time, but so there was this office downtown and that was one of the good jobs and I met so many people in my life through partying, including the editor-in- chief's assistant at that time, Heather Catania and she got me this internship and it was the first time I ever opened the bags and saw the s- swag and the product oh God and the staple scratches when you're a beauty intern <laughs> your, your arm <laughs> your hand gets scratched like you haven't going up that
1: remember? one remember. Yes, brutal. Everything came in a mess from the little bi- from the bike messengers in these little bags. It was always the same yeah. bag with like two staples, yeah. and then no, but sometimes they were
2: so like the, th- the more high quality bags had like nineteen staples. Yes, and that's the ones where you'd really get messed up. It was like an awkward department bag or something. Oh my like god, that. Yeah, the <laughs> endless so, bags. Yeah. And then but from, so yeah. wait, cat. I just want to rewind a little bit. Like what? What do you think drew you? to be in magazines? Like, what was it? In
0: my brain, they're just my thing. They're not too deep. They're equal parts writing and visual, fashion photography, the mastheads, the editor-in-chiefs, everything. I'm a media person. Like, I have media in my bones and my blood. I do not come from any kind of family that has any interest in that. It just is what I know I meant to do. Um, even when I was like in junior high, I made a zine, you know, like I always was making things. I loved cutting up magazines. I still do that when I hang out with children, especially with little girls. Like I bring a fashion magazine and I flip through it with them. I'm always trying to stage mom and a young women in my life because even like art catalogs, contemporary art is something that I love. And I taught myself about that from like Sotheby's catalogs and going to the Strand every day after work. I've just, li- I like paper. I don't know. It's just, it's just who I am. I'm actually staring at this, all magazines. I have an entire storage unit full of magazines, like a very expensive storage unit. It's totally empty because I pull all the furniture out and I haven't taken, but it's the magazines fall on me every time I open it. I mean, I'm trying to make Mm -hmm. the tallest stack of magazines in the
2: world. So yes. Yeah. So you're okay. So you worked at nylon, you fell in love with the, you know, the beauty department. You're working with Charlotte, who was the beauty editor at the time at nylon. And and then I got into that game,
0: what? like the next internship, yeah. the next and the next one. I'd been at Vanity Fair and the Fashion Closet. So that was my first taste of Condé as That was when I was 20, um, just doing the garment racks and stuff. So then nylon, and then when when nylon was over, and I was getting college credit for this, by the way, I was at Eugene Lang, and I was like, Where do I go next? And you I went to Teen Vogue, which had just launched and was peak. Hmm. Teen Vogue, Amy Astley's Editor-in-Chief, Anna Winters on the floor, like, overseeing everything. Everyone there was in. At the time, it was, like, you know, Mark by Mark, Mary Janes. You know, it was it was very white. It was very quiet because everyone was scared and, like, DMing each other. And it was my first real fashion magazine. And also being back in the Condé building.
2: And then after that, Did I... Did you feel at home?
0: I was scared to death of Teen like, and I was, Did you
2: feel like an outsider or did you feel like, oh, like my ship has come in? Like it's time.
0: I got my, I got a Conde Nast email address for that one. So just by being an intern, so that was my big moment. And I mean, I definitely felt I was at home. I was determined not to leave that building, you know, and I didn't. <laughs> I would do anything to stay at Conde because yeah. it was just such an unbelievably elevated situation. And, I just loved the work. I never wanted to leave at night. like, And I was so good at it. I'm actually really good yeah. at being bossed around. It's like when i left my own devices is when I wouldn't do as well, especially like in an organized way. Or, but being told what to do is like, I'm very, I was an amazing intern, amazing assistant, and super ambitious. And just like, I never, ever would have said no
2: to anything.
0: Like I always look, when I look at the Devil Wears Prada, like I am not the Andrea person. I am Emily won.
2: Emily, I'm like, how yeah, yeah, could yeah. you
0: ever think that? Like, you know, I was defending that kind of internship program to the grave. Now I get it that it it does make people with privilege uh, advance them further. And it, but back then, I was just like, ah, take any internship, do anything, and I loved it. I loved it. And then after that, I got Glamour, but I was stuck at Glamour two years.
2: <laughs> you say stuck at Glamour,
0: sort of with Felicia Malayish. Yeah. Awesome and Mary McLean, who I work with directly. But I was in, it was a weird situation because I stopped, I, I was there two years and one year was just a freelancer for $10 an hour. But again, and this is when I'm interviewing for assistant I was jobs. so jealous when I
2: heard people were making $10 an hour. i just got to say, when I heard people were making $10 an hour, I like, I was like, how do I find, I, I, I gotta get that job.
0: Yeah, I know, it was, it was, crazy. I mean, that Glamour was hard work. I worked so, hard. they would do crazy. The,
2: the girls at Glamour worked very hard, yeah. You worked, you know, you're naming Teen Vogue at, you know, the the ground floor at mm-hmm. Teen Vogue when it was, you know, like classic oh. Teen Vogue. You're naming Glamour, which is really one of, I would say, one of the harder places to, or was one of the harder places to work at Condé, uh, certainly in beauty. I mean, they had a really top team. I was, yeah. And Felicia is oh. like a beauty legend for anyone who's listening. And you worked at Lucky for Jean Godfrey who is still um, a, a major force in beauty. Like, you really came up through, through Condé. And like, how do you look back at the, at that time? Like what, how does your, it's, Condé is definitely a different company than it was when you worked there. How do you look, what is your reflection now?
0: I look back with such love, obsession with that time. Like I can't even, I get emotional just even talking about it because it was just so wonderful. And it was such an amazing place to be, even though, um, yes, it was very abusive behavior. Again, I'm like quite, I take quite naturally abusive behavior um and also I was good at it because when it's what you're meant to do you're just like you're on it nobody cared more than I did and also but this this whole thing the glamour to lucky transition that was the big period that was very very hard for me what people maybe I don't know if it's the same way that assistant job where you go from not being so I was never on staff in the glamour two years but I wasn't on the masthead you know, things like but if my name had been on the masthead, if I had been allowed to write a word in Glamour magazine at I was like 23 24 even just one sentence it would have been the most happy ecstatic day of my life and I got none of those things you know but it's like all I wanted was to get on staff somewhere and it was hard I came just so close so many times like I was in the top two W to assist Jane Larkworthy and that didn't work, but I was interviewed like so many times. And by the way, these interviews you go to first, you know, the, you're vetted and I forget. And then it gets to the director. And then sometimes the editor and like to buy these outfits and like go to Bloomingdale's and buy the Marnie skirts and then return them and take the tags off. Like I it was, I spent so much money and so much time, the manicures and the blowouts for every interview, edit test, just getting there. Um,
1: Do you look back and think that's fucked up though at all? No. Like the fact that you had to go buy a bunch of. No, I get it because you loved what they were putting out. But when you hear the current discussions about like, you know, workplace rights and Mm -hmm. being more inclusive in the workplace and not abusing the people that work for you, (laughs) do you ever second guess (laughs) your upbringing in this industry? I know. I know. I know. No, listen. And if you don't, that's okay. Of I'm just course curious I do. how you... I get you, I get you know,
0: very okay. angry about a lot of shit. These glamour industries are crazy. I don't like the materialism, but...
1: Like, what do you think of now when you look around at how it's changed?
0: I'm glad that there's been change. I think some of the changes of the actual print publications, can I be frank, are not the best. If you have a glamour magazine, the best possible title that you could ever own for a magazine, and then you... and that Bubble gum in italics, that logo, like, you know, with the big capital letters. Remember, have they still changed the logo to be like black and thin, like wrought iron furniture? Like I was looking at it, I was like, no, like they took all the glamour out. Like that's not the solution. Like that's not more feminism or woke or, or let there just be too heavy handed with the diversity instead of just putting like hot people of color just like being cool. It just is a little, it's fine. It's kind of like, okay, boomers. <laughs> But it, I, I don't. I'm not in on the hiring process. Of course, I hope that things have changed, and things have to be this annoying. People have to be beaten over the head with it in order for actual progress to take place. Sure.
1: No, they certainly have changed, and a big change I think in the landscape is to where the influence is coming from. Specifically with beauty, like when you were at those magazines, people looked to beauty mag- those magazines for beauty knowledge, mm-hmm. for what was cool, for what was on trend. Not where people always look anymore. They look to YouTube, they look online, they're looking at TikTok videos. What do you think when you look at the beauty landscape now? Like, where do you think the thought is coming from? Where do you think the trends are coming from? And what do you think of who the influencers are now?
0: I like anything that is about what actually works. And what was always unique about Lucky Magazine was that it was real people giving. uh, So, Lucky Magazine, before it folded, of course, it had specific things. It was real people like Chrissy Miller, who was uh, the designer for sophomore at the time. It's just like, uh, I would bring her in and have her do the four things that she liked. She was just a cool downtown girl, you know, and that would be in the actual print magazine. That's much more accessible. What I never liked about magazines was just like, when they would slice 10 lipsticks and put them out in the art and then the photo department, would lay it out on a page and it would be buy this, 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 and this. Just encouraging people to buy and buy and buy. I like it when it's more specific and real people are telling you, this is what I actually like. That's always been more appealing. And so in that way, but of course, everything is, it's the overflow of information no matter where you go. Cause now it's too much. Like who's the best person in TikTok? Now I'm like, this is too many things that are good. Like, oh, if you dip this hairbrush in olive oil, like, and then put it in the microwave, like, I'm like, what? Like, you know, (laughs) so now maybe people will go back to the trusted things. I will say that beauty editors are real and I know this now because in terms of, like, because you see every single product, you do actually do know what's good. But it's just in terms of what's been put on the page. I know Jean really had integrity with that. Like, she didn't put things in that we didn't actually like. But it's yeah. hard to know who to yeah. trust. You have to tr- – like, this I – I take people's money seriously. I write a column now on Patreon. And I only put one product in it. And actually, I don't get products in it anymore, And so, which I need to change. Like, I need to call fucking and Broad or – Please, because I don't try things anymore, but I used to really find just like the most incredible things. And be like, this is the thing. Like, I've tried every single eyeliner. This is the one.
2: We're going to ask you which ones are, are are the ones at the end. So I think people might be scared to send you stuff because you actually say what you think.
0: I no, I am not. Have you? In case you can't tell, I am like I have drank the Kool-Aid, as I said, so much. I will not talk shit about a product. I have always tried to promote the industry, even in my book. It was never going to be some exposé and I didn't even know that till I was writing it. I was taught to not say negative things. I write about people like their beauty products give everyone a nice sheen, you know. <laughs> and it's like that's I have a very magazine mind. And so I would never say a bad thing. It's just not how I was raised professionally. About products. You just I mean negative attraction in general is bad.
2: You know, you you've had you wrote for EXO, sorry EXO Jane, yeah. which was like a huge moment for you before the book. You got a lot of feedback and a lot of attention when you were working there. Which piece of content of yours? Oh God, I hate that word content, but I've just got to use it in this way. Like, which piece of yours has gotten the most feedback?
0: I preface this really quick and say. Exo Jane was something I did after I was put on disability and ultimately had to leave Condé mm. Nast. I was still in that Condé headspace where I was like, no print. I mean, old print only. I was ashamed to go to a website. <laughs> and I didn't. Really. And Exo Jane was, to me, I wanted it to be like an online magazine. It turned into mm. um, a very works and all place, which I would lash at. Of course, I'm super grateful for it now. But I was really rebelling at that time against that. And so, but of course, like what wound up taking off for me is the personal stuff, writing about addiction, things that now mm. I don't reread. I don't like because I don't have, um, a, addiction is not part of my life, although I'll always be happy to identify as an addict. The, the Whitney Houston piece I wrote about the death of Whitney Houston um, was a big moment for me. But the pieces that I like the most, I learned. So Jean Godfrey June, my teacher, editor, and hero, would write about her life and her column. She started L back in the day, the beauty closet, mm-hmm. then took the lucky. And she would write about her life and then slip a beauty product in the end. And so it's anything. Mm-hmm. She'd be like, I was at the opera, this and that. Or I was like, with you know, and then, then the, da 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 da, 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 her like amazing way, her reverence, and which I rip off. Like, people, Anyone who likes my writing, everyone should know. I got it from Jean. She taught me everything. She's the one who taught me to write, sat with me in a blue pen, I can tear it up. But then at the Mm -hmm. end, you put it in, then she's like, and then I pulled out this lip gloss and this and that. And that is how, when I would go on to write my columns at ExoJane, I did it, except my things, because it was online, what I got to do was use personal photos, like that I took on Blackberry or whatever, you know, it was 10 years ago. I would be in Miami and I would be at the clubs and I'd be at Art Basel and things like that. And then a like, Oh, and I, while I was in these places, I put on this, you know, JLo Miami glow. And I, yeah. you know, and so that was really fun. And when I, I'm so happy that I did those and I, those are still the kind of columns that I write now on, on Patreon because I've actually never been that comfortable focusing on myself. And it's funny that now my career is in this place. I've always been focused on the external I never wanted to be the person in the photo shoot. Like my dream was to be, to get to an editor level where I would be the creative person behind the scenes, like telling the the models what to do. I'm an introvert in a very public career. And uh, anyway, that's my long answer. I'm so sorry. I want I go off. No, these,
2: no, no. It's interesting. Candidates. Like, how do you like with the, when you came out with the book, like, you know, so, yeah, you were a writer, you were not trying to be famous. And obviously when you came out with your book, you know, it was a New York Times bestseller. And suddenly, like, you, you know, you went into it, obviously, knowing that you're writing a book. You weren't writing a book to for it to not sell copies. Right. But then you became, like, a famous person. Like, how did you handle that? Yeah. I, when I say famous person, like, yeah, you're not like a know, Donna, no, but no, like, I'm, you are.
0: <laughs> I'm much more famous in New York than other places, but it's actually amazing. Uh, I hang out in certain trendy neighborhoods.
2: Yeah, you're like, like a public, is, you're a public yeah. figure.
0: I know who's going to recognize. They all, they're, they're <laughs> we about had, 26, we, they're blonde, and they have a lot of eyeliner on. Uh, Everyone's like, hey, right, I'm like, hi.
2: <laughs> what do you say to them? Like, do they like? Do they want, like, pictures with you? People want to do that, but they also
0: know me by now.
2: Okay. Um, for really, like. So, yes, yeah, so how'd you handle that? You know,
0: my media savvy, and again, I'm a media brain, like, really mm-hmm. is what I think made my career successful, despite my obvious handicaps, my Adderall addiction was just horrible like I was so I was crazy but all of those years in not just working in in magazines and in the media world but learning about you know I would read Gawker every day since it launched like whenever Gawker I was a day one person when Elizabeth Spires I know about media I know what to do I know who to work with I know what to say I know and so I would have one foot in that world and one foot in My own kind of crazy life or my work, I mean, my personal life, but I always knew like I could be the celebrity on one side of it, but then also be working. Like I knew all the people who were going to review my book and and in advance, you know, just like I know who to work with. Mm -hmm. I know who to talk to with The Observer or Now. I know who to talk to with The Cut. I save my editorial photographs like for when I'm promoting something you know like I don't put myself out there too much you guys know you've been asking me to do this for a couple years like I take my time I protect myself you know like I'm in page six because I don't go to page six and ask for anything like I let them come to me and also I've really earned my place at this point because I showed my work I published that book and I really just try to get attention really when I need to in a professional okay. way. You know, like you promote your projects yeah. and I I think people respect me because I have been in this industry and in media for so long. But that's what I care about. And it's, I take it seriously and I respect people's money. I books for like $30, dude. I've put that Davidson, News of David Harris <laughs> down like twice. I'm like, $28, I'm like, wait, like you can pay that. But it just seems like a lot. And I'm always like, I'm so grateful to anyone who ever bought my book.
1: Find yourself together when you join Allo Moves. Join the community on allomoves.com today and use code FATMASCARA20 for an exclusive 30-day free trial plus 20% off an annual membership. That's allomoves.com, code MASCARA20 for a 30-day free trial plus 20% off an annual membership. Again, that's AlloMoves.com and the code is MASCARA20. mascara for 25% off.
2: Well, honestly, like we just wanted to talk to you because you have such an interesting story in beauty and that's, that's just the, the real, real here. You know, I also want to ask you like, you know, you, when you when you, met, you mentioned products, you speak about products very thoughtfully and carefully. You're definitely not like trying to Dine out on like a ton of you, and you could like you know Instagram ads, and I'm working with this company and this company. Like everything that you mentioned feels really personal to you, and like very selected, selective. What products have felt really personal? Which product has felt the most personal to you over the years? Let
0: me tell you, I have a theory. The only two things you really need in this life: sunscreen and retin And I don't know how personal that is, but I can tell you, not in that not order. <laughs> and this. And you need both of them just as much as the other. I'm talking for face, like SPF 50 and retin-A. And I know that doesn't sound personal, but I've had some very humbling years in the past few years. Like I left New York. I lived abroad. I literally like would go out dressed like a boy, just like no makeup on this and that. And I just would travel with those two things. And I would use like bar soap. I would wash my face. I would stay in, like, youth hostels. I wash my face, like, dishwash and shorten it. I just needed a break from all the glamour. Like, I was just, like, uh, for years I did this. Very strange. But, like, it was this radical. And I had gone through, um, like, a disfiguring event, which was good because Adderall did that to me. And it was, you know, it's been around with my hair and the wigs, and blah, 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 which I don't want to go into. But that shit was horrible. Very, very embarrassed, humiliating, and painful. I don't get upset about it anymore. I have to like have a great sense of humor, but I do credit it with turning my life around. It was the last thing that I was like, okay, I can't take Adderall anymore. Like I can't.
1: The way it made you look really like woke you up. That shit
0: fucked up. That's like, (laughs) that's what did everything bad to me ever. It shows so bad. It made me so insane and it's like people stay on it because they think like it's gonna keep them thin or this and that. I'm telling you, it all catches up with you and it's gonna fuck you over. All of those drugs, and alcohol, I lucky like I don't I very, like barely drink. If I drink like two glasses of wine, I'm like drunk, like tweeting like I go no drunk, like I barely drink, like <laughs> but that shit fucks you up. And you know, look at did you never see an Artie Lang from the Howard Stern show and his yeah. nose? got caved in oh, oh, that shit is oh, the closest yeah. thing that I've ever seen oh to someone God. that I could identify with. Like it's hard to describe, but I did. I don't want to go in again. I have another book in me about myself. So that's going to be in there. I'm just saving it because it's hard now. It's hard for me to like be on Reddit or to get a Google or it's like someone talking about my hair or this and they were like, what happened? Like, like I zoomed in on a picture and I started, I'm like, yeah, like I get, you know, it's horrible, but it's not hard. I mean,
1: Humility. No, owning, owning what happened gives you a certain power over it. And I get that. So this period you're talking about where you sort of backed off, you're just using sunscreen and retinol, not doing the glamour thing. This was after you published your book, after you came to terms with what happened with your drug addiction, but you still felt like yourself and your skin. Is, it, is that why those products were like there for you? Or are you still a beauty girl deep inside? What was going I on? I
0: just got, I got stripped down to the basics about myself. I used to, yeah. you know, when I first went away to a rehab, I've been to re, two rehabs in Thailand, both with the same counselor, who's just like a fantastic addiction specialist. And he once I remember him told, he told me once, he's like, you know, Kat, like, you're never going to cure your addiction until you, because I used to be at this rehab stressing out my, I'd be platinum blonde, my roots would grow in and he would see me start wanting to leave the rehab. Because I would have...
1: Just to get your hair yes. done.
0: And I, I would be like, because it would be like platinum. I was white platinum at that time with just like, and then the black stripe would come in because I have dark hair. And, and I would just start going crazy or like my eyebrows, things like that. And you would just see me. And also, you know, I've always had like an eating disorder. I've been bulimic most for a long time. And by the way, I say that again is when I identify as these things, 95% of that is resisting that behavior and identify you know it doesn't mean that I'm doing that all the time I don't want to say that but just all of these things interconnected beauty and addiction drugs especially these um, things that make you thin and and he's like until you just have brown hair don't wear makeup you know you're never you need to just learn how to be yourself and relax and I was like that's just not who I am but of course like he was actually right because the years that I spent in very humbling circumstances I'm not trying to be so like Again, traveling is a privilege, okay? So when I'm hard on other people now about materialism and, you know, I understand I was like the, the, like, the white person in El Salvador seeing how real people live. Like, you know, you come back and you're like, beauty isn't as important. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah. like no, other people haven't been to 70 countries in three years. Like I got to just fucking roam around. But that being said, my real product, all you really need is a little eyeliner, black eyeshadow, dark, smoky eyes, my thing. and I'll always have it. For eight, it's like I love how Karine Royfeld just puts on more and more eyeshadow, as opposed to I've never liked trying to look younger.
1: Yeah, after you paired back, you now it seems to be that you're embracing glamour again. You've got an eyeliner on, uh, eyeliner on. Your hair is blonde. Yeah, Do yeah. you feel a different relationship with beauty? since you pulled back completely from it, got real with yourself without any of those trappings, and now they're back, is that because you feel more comfortable with them or you needed them again?
0: Now that I'm um, very healthy, and I wish, I just wish, by the way, I could use the word sober because I think that people think in this black and white way about me, which is very much how we're taught to think about addicts. And I wish, because I'm so close to what that would be, that people could just say that, that I'm like,
1: Let's just say healthy place. I'm so I get it. healthy,
0: and I wish I could come so close to actually, like, honestly, being able to claim that. I take care of myself,
1: and what
0: I really rely on, eyebrow tinting, which I don't have right now, but eyebrow <laughs> threading and tinting is one of my favorite things of all time, and it's made makeup much less important. I go to this woman in the garment district. She used to be at Hibba Soho, this Indian woman. The Indian oh, yeah, women, I remember Hibba. Yeah, yeah, and she left Hibba, and her name is Neelam, and... She dyes my – I love eyebrow dyeing. I've always done that because I remember being an Anastasia Beverly Hills when I was, like, 18 years old and getting it done for the first time. It just changes your face. People shouldn't be scared of it. And it gives you that. I don't now, but it gives you that – forgive me. Kim Kardashian eyebrow that's really, like, exotic and that, you know, they could they dye the skin to make Sharp whatever edges. shape you want. It doesn't even matter what's under there. Yeah. yeah. I love – I taught myself how to do false eyelashes, and I don't care. I mean, I do the little ones, but then – I don't care. I show up at things and I'm like, my eyelashes are falling off because I, I do them myself. I do my makeup. So I need more shit. I love face. I used to just, when I would write, I would put on face mask after face. Like if I'm going to be sitting here, I want to be better looking when I'm done writing.
2: I need to call this. <laughs> That's an in. like incentive to write. Yeah. That really is like, okay, if I'm going to write, like I'm doing like three face masks. Yeah. That's funny. And I just, which face mask did you love?
0: See, I've just been buying them with the, Back in the day, geez, the enzyme, that expensive Tata Harbor, the, anything with fruit enzymes like that I used to love, the Elemis, yeah. the pineapple enzyme. And, and
2: oh, think, oh that's a God,
0: I, Anything with enzymes is so good. I don't have any. And then, but... The other big thing that I use is vitamin C serum, but again, I have to buy it myself now, or I do. I should just call. I don't know who does the, the skin suitable It's still there. Well, let's talk
1: about though. If you have to, <laughs> if you have to buy it yourself, I like do. Derm doctor. Mean, most people do. I yeah. mean, Jess and I are no. not at magazines anymore. We buy a lot of beauty products now that we okay. didn't used to. I do should you buy this? Did that suitables? change your?
0: Yes, that did because I was okay. Like, so, so you still pay money need. on that? I will. Okay. Serums, I love. So I just buy the. Skin the Dermadoc, the Kaduku Seed. Do you know what that is? That oh, brand. Yeah. Is mm-hmm. That ought, she's good, and I use La Roche Posay SPF 50 sunscreen. I use generic Retin A that I get Doctor in Maryland, <laughs> um, and then for my foundation, I could, I go back to like Bobby Brown and stuff. And then I like the Charlotte Tilbury. The
1: things you the things you came up on. Everything I
0: guess. I, no, well, I love got discontinued.
1: I mean that happens. What's your Charlotte product and your Bobby
2: product?
0: I mean, it's just I get the old school foundations like in the glass bottles. And then with Charlotte, no, if this is um, so bad, I'm trying to think. My ones that I love, I use, you know, the I like lip liner. I like the wet n wild six 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 lip liner. I still buy those.
2: Like they're <laughs> are- so cheap and cheerful. Yeah. Yeah. And what 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 eyeliners do you like? Because you always have a great eyeliner and great eyeshadow situation.
0: Do you know Prestige Cosmetics? You can only yeah, yeah, order yeah. that. And you oh can't God, even find so it funny. in the
2: drugstores anymore.
0: For drugstore eyeshadow, oh, the Elf, their quads. There's one that's like a shimmery mushroom quad. I always have that. I have multiple ones of those. I mean, there's so... These cheap products, the packaging breaks. And you like, God damn it. Like, the hinges fall off. I do like cheap eyeshadow. Oh my God, totally. Like, I have all the Tom Ford compacts and stuff, but I don't use them as much. I keep going back, you know... I can do my makeup so fast. It's also, just about confidence and knowing your own face. And I just started doing my own makeup because I was, when I was doing so much press for the book and stuff, I would get it done. I was always getting these makeup artists in and I realized I never liked how I look. And it was because they just don't know what to do. I do. It's a lot of tricks. You elongate. I've just learned what I like to do, but I do need more stuff because even my shakiness with product (laughs) reps,
1: Yeah. Do you think you feel more comfortable? I mean, you're 39 right 30, now. 40th 40 in September. Happy almost birthday. Do you think your relationship with your face has changed? Like, you look in the mirror. Do you feel more comfortable with what you see even without the makeup on?
0: Yeah, I actually just posted a picture of myself with no makeup on this year. I was like, it was crazy. I didn't. Well, I had I had lipstick on, but I had that I had no lashes because I've been doing false lashes so much that I actually ripped out my eyelashes. But yeah, I've When I was young, I was so scared. I remember like the lights would come up at a club and, you know, you're like 24. I'm sure it was perfect. You know, it was gorgeous. But I was like, oh God, like people are going to see the real me. But I think just as I take care of myself, like I sleep, sleeping is so important. And I have- What's your wellness
2: regimen? I sleep a
0: lot and I have that privilege. The privilege of no partner, no children, no dog, nothing. Like when I go like stay at other people's houses, I'm like exhausted. Like how do these people do it? Because Get me out of here. I know. I mean, (laughs) but it's, you know, I sleep as much and I don't even like sleeping, but I let myself do it as long as I want. So I always try to, I get at least seven hours and I work out every single day. I love working out. I love running. I love Pilates. I love yoga. I love lifting weights. I do the Cindy Crawford workout. You know, this is like 1992. There's two of them. That's a hard workout with Radu.
2: Oh my God.
0: So I do that for my weights and it's like, and leg swinging. I work out with a lot of bands, bands, gliders. Kit Rich, who is Jennifer Lawrence's trainer, she has a lot of stuff on YouTube. I've always done home workouts because, and then, oh, the limit fit is another one I'm into. The limit fit? Yeah, it's like dance. It's really smart. It's hard. It's good. It's really good.
1: I'm tired. God bless
0: Kat. I love, let's see, exercise. If I do that, I show up glowing. And then you look good. I always tell people that's my main secret and people don't want to hear that it. It's not a bitch. <laughs> that's always true what people <laughs> say. Like, you know, I, I have like, no idea how I I'd look with that extra.
2: You slip. do look good. I mean, you have muscle tone. Like you look good. You're like tan. You look happy. And you've been like, I. you know, you've been out on the scene. I follow you on Instagram. You seem to be hanging out with a pretty like, you know, cool like group. Yeah, I do. You're out with Leah McSweeney. I love Leah. Um, who I'm obsessed with her on Real Housewives. I don't think she's returning. I don't know maybe you do. And you were recently on <laughs> Julia Fox's podcast. You've been out with her. I'm is this, your, a your, is this yeah. your group?
0: You know, Leah and Julia and I all know each other from the same group, which is like graffiti writers. Uh-huh. Like Someone like Julia Fox came up through graffiti writers. The younger generation were like kind of the kid brothers of my friends. And I've actually been hanging out with these people since I was a teenager. And Leah, you know, her, Rob, who's her daughter's father, yeah, uh, founded A Life and you know, streetwear brands. So it's all from the same scene. And when you're kind of downtown, you just know everybody. And these are all people that I have known. Like the first magazine internship I got at Vanity Fair was from like a graffiti writer got it for me, like <laughs> who was friends with the fashion director's daughter. So right, it just is a weird, my weird life that I happen to Connection. have this other side that I know all these people. But um, uh, yeah, like, i say Leah. Leah and I are the same age. We're supposed to have a joint 40th birthday party, but I know because we had our 30ths together, but I think now she's going to be in Europe. And we're also, we have a great relationship. And Julia Fox and I have a very sweet relationship. She's younger, but we're all sort of the same level of friend. Everyone I hang out with a lot of younger people. I hang out with a lot of older people. And... Someone like Julia Fox used to be like on my floor, like when during the Exo Jane days, she would come over with mm-hmm. her little girl group, and you know, hard drugs, hard drugs back then for all of us, you know, <laughs> which is not a secret, Julie, but you know, heroin, all of us. I yeah. mean, like we were crazy. We angel dust, lots of angel dust, which sounds like a beauty product, but. All of that stuff.
1: Yeah. I, mean, she, I feel like that was an Urban Decay body powder. <laughs> no, she,
0: trust me. And then Rachel Rabbit White oh, no. is another friend of mine who's really making a name yeah. for herself right now. And she's a sex pot and very amazing with the beauty stuff. You ever want someone someone who would talk about beauty products much better than me? Rachel is the queen. So she's launching a, a Patreon this week. So I'm gonna support her. But yeah, so I'm cool people. I love I love my life is so nice. The big difference. In my group, no one's gonna treat you like an ATM. We probably should come out with some products. Like it's amazing to be popular and be considered cool.
1: What do you mean nobody's gonna treat you like an ATM? Have you gotten treated like, like an ATM?
0: No, I'm saying sometimes I look at these other like people like the Kardashians and I'm like, geez Louise, like they really just like the pushing the products on people, like they just want the money so much from people. It's like
2: oh i that crazy. Yeah. But what about like, I mean, you're a very creative person and you talked about like, you know, you think like a media person, you love media. I'm not suggesting that like you launch a print magazine tomorrow, but like you seem to want to create. I don't know. I'm just getting this impression that you want to do something. And I know you have your Patreon. You're obviously quite well connected. You know, Julia Fox and Leah are like your buddies. We've got a lot of good buddies. Like, mm-hmm. what's next? Like, do you want to create a product? Do you want to create a media platform? Yeah. What's up? What do you guys up think I should book?
0: do? Well, the book I'm going to do, but I think the we, reason- can, we
2: can offline. I don't know. The book, <laughs> I have do online book.
0: I mean, that's just like...
2: Are you legally bound to do another book? No,
0: but I feel like I should because I did it well and people loved it and I have the content for it, so mm-hmm. I have to shop it. I shopped a book that was a book proposal... See, I've already done this where I burned out for a second because that didn't sell. But I know, I understand. Like that was two years ago, and it was in, I, I wasn't in, I wasn't in a good place. Thinking mm-hmm. I'm much more tapped into the rest of the world now. I had like gone off the grid and wrote like a very strange proposal that like I, I don't blame anyone for not buying. And I have this high-powered agent. who's like, cat, please like, just do a proposal, and I'm going to. But I do want to do something else. I just need to do it. But I do think pairing up with somebody is the way. I mean, do you, how do you guys find that because you guys work together, like you to get it done, right?
1: It's funny you, when you were saying about how I'm not as good when left to my own devices, I was thinking about, <laughs> it's really nice to have somebody to hold you accountable, even if they're your boss and they treat you like shit. Like <laughs> clearly we were talking about earlier. Jess does not treat me like shit. But I, am also not I, sometimes if I'm like not in the mood to do something, I'm like, I can't let down Jess sure. or the listeners. Like you're, you're being held accountable and there's something really powerful about that, that kind of like lights a, lights a fire to get it done. So yeah, use that if you need to, I don't know, sell a book proposal with the final date on it. So you're like, yeah. crap, now I got to do it by X date, you know?
0: I'm proud of myself. I mean, it's a pretty basic thing, but you know, for my Patreon, which I should talk about more, it's called Beauty Shambles. It is. It's about
2: beauty shambles. What what do you talk about in beauty shambles? Products, products, and just your life.
0: Products, my life. And I always publish twice a month without fail. It's long form columns. They're like a thousand words each. They're full of pictures. I always have a product at the end. And I write about everything. But,
2: Are you a Virgo? Yes. you said September. Okay, she's a Virgo. You get it done. I get you done. I'm a Virgo too.
0: The fucking Word document is my comfort zone. Like I need, I will never have a problem getting that stuff done.
2: I think, I don't know. Listen, like I feel like you went through the Condé like boot camp boarding school. You went through like, you, you wrote a book. A, you're a New York Times bestselling author.
0: Yeah.
2: You've been through hell and back. You're a Virgo. You can do it. Yeah. You're a critical thinker.
0: Am I? I've
2: <laughs> <laughs> <Nobody's laughs> ever said that about me before.
0: <laughs> right now, I've, been, I've given myself, I'm trying to embrace the boredom because I just know this is where the healing for me is happening.
1: Let's reframe this. It's not boredom. You're in a, a stable, quiet, healthy place. Sometimes that could be seen as boredom yeah. or it could be seen as stability, you know? Yeah.
0: No, I'm very, I mean, I'm super. That
2: was really good, Jen.
1: It's so good to see you. Like, just because, I mean, I followed your career. The book was amazing. I'm so glad you came on and hung with us. Wait, we can't let you go. We got to do a fat mascara five. Fat mascara
2: five, quick painless. Okay. It's really just like answer the first thing that comes to your mind. Light and fun, light and fun. Ready? Yeah.
1: What do you always splurge on?
2: Furniture and home home stuff. Oh, you went big. I thought you were going to be like organic fruit. What's your,
1: no, what's your biggest home purchase?
2: I have these
0: lamps right now that each. Call, I mean, for me, that it looked like these like magic wands and they like, shoot light at the ceiling. And I should have just gotten one, <laughs> like eight hundred dollars. I got like three of those. Like I need one oh. in like every room. Like they were from Design Within Reach, and they're there's on my Instagram. You'll see them. They're they, they're like wizard sticks. I like like my house to look like Wally. Like <laughs> I have I have a the four thousand dollar pillow right here. York post pillow. Oh. You cat? Do- But it's art. It's art. It's by Andy Warhol's
1: best friend. I'll
0: show it to you guys.
1: (laughs) Yes. Go get the $4,000 pillow. Is it like a Gucci pillow? I think she said Andy Warhol. Oh.
2: It's a New
0: York Post
2: embroidery. That's that's
1: really cool. It's the New York Post cover.
0: I spend all my money on my apartment and nothing on clothes. Okay, keep going.
1: Is that needlepoint?
0: Yeah. because he has a needlepoint pillow? So Bridget Berlin was Andy Warhol's best friend. She just hmm. died and she did these. And yeah...
2: I mean, that's really cool. What do you always save on? Clothes.
0: I'm like, I, I don't know what happened to all my designer clothes, you guys. I had everything. Like, I work, I think of, and I don't have any bags. Like, and it's embarrassing because I just use, like, tote bags. And for a second, I was like, this is my feminism. I'm just going to use, like, gallery bags, you know? I'm going to go out and, like, fuck this thing where women are expected to have. Like, but they look beautiful. Like, Chanel bags. I, I used to have all that shit. I had a Chanel bag. I had every bag. Gucci and all of that, and now I have nothing. And it's
2: did you sell it? I
0: guess I like. I one time I had this. I had like a make Fendi baguette that like I think I just gave it to my colorist because like it's her tip one time. You know, I just give that stuff away because you got people gave it away to me. Like Jean would just give me everything. Or, like, Gucci would, you know, you know how it was. Gucci would send the freaking clutch with the fragrance, and you just had everything, and none of it you know, meant anything I, to I, me. And then I Not in Prevention Magazine.
1: Um, we were not getting
0: what? that stuff.
2: Oh. <laughs> guess what? It's not like what? that anymore. Oh, yeah, that's the other thing.
0: I wish you
2: yeah. just, guessed. I trashed a lot of them too. You trashed them? I mean, I was like a drug addict. You, oh, you, oh, I yeah. thought like you ruined them. Oh, yeah. I mean, threw I threw them, threw them in the corner, like.
1: No, they were the club and you throw it down and it gets dirty, not like actually throw it in the trash. Yeah. Okay. All right. So you save on clothes and totes now. Got it. Okay. What's your favorite book?
0: My favorite book. Oh God. I just like, I have new favorite books. Have you guys read the Elena Ferrante novels?
2: I read The Lost Daughter after I saw the movie, and I loved it. I also read it in, like, six hours because it's so short.
0: The four books started with my brilliant friend, the Elena Ferrante. Like, I just, yes. like, I haven't loved books like that in a long time. So I, I definitely- bought
2: that, and it's sitting completely uncracked. Okay, what song always makes you feel good?
0: I've been listening to, like, the same weird songs for so long. I gave a few, but I'm... Um... When I put my headphones in and start running, I run. I, right now, I've been putting on King of Wishful Thinking. You know, like I'll get over you. You know, I will. I'll oh, I, I, will I will put that one on. And then I love Salisbury Hill. <laughs> Salisbury Hill. Salisbury Hill is a good like um addict song. And then for running, I do a lot of you know like like deeper and deeper Madonna and oh, I love that's that song. A good one.
2: Like that's so underrated. that oh, one. yeah, I love that one. I run to that. The like, video was so good. Day. And I run to like icon pop. And stuff. I run to
0: a ton of different
2: stuff. But yeah. I can't get over King of Wishful Thinking. That is that, that, that one that one threw me for a loop. I, it's good. That's a recent one. Oh my God. That really threw me for a loop. Okay, I love it. And then who <laughs> I know what I'm playing after we hang out. Okay. Who would narrate the
1: movie of your life? The opening credits have King of Wishful Thinking, yeah. obviously. And you're you're pumping down the sidewalks with a bunch of bags, running to Jean's office. <laughs> And whose voice comes on the screen? Oh,
2: this the, the artist is go west for
1: anyone who needs more. Information I don't mind
2: on the track. This in the yeah.
1: I, I can picture this. I can picture it, Kat. Now I need the voice though.
0: You know, Zoe Deutsch was supposed to do it, but that fell through for that chloe.
1: <laughs> oh, your audiobook, you mean?
0: She was she was signed up like Sony TriStar bot murder and, and then it didn't sell. But that was all the package. And before oh, that, oh, Chloe Grace and the rest of the town. I'm talking years ago.
2: Wow.
1: It
0: was but um, I guess my answer... Would, would
1: you have recast?
0: Maybe Ashley Benson or I don't know. All of these girls reached out to me at one point trying to do it. It was like a big thing. So we'll see. Oh, well, I guess I'll have to just... That's so
1: funny. We I asked that question like, oh, what if? Not thinking. Of course, the rights to your book sold. And of course, you actually probably had to think about that. I
0: worked on it for years, but I was doing it for money. Well, is it
2: like
1: flatline? Is this like a whole
2: no pun no. intended? Like, is this like a... Or is this like, can you still yeah, I'm getting the revive right this?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm just like, okay. I'm very, you know, when you have a big book, like I did, yeah. or it wasn't that big of a book, but it was a big okay. enough moment. It's pretty natural. Like you're taught that those things are going to come to you and they did. A lot of people wanted it. Like Nina Dobrev, And it's like, you know, it's the typical thing, where like celebrities are emailing you personally and trying to get your attention and this and that. And All these like many different people, and you're you kind of pick. You know, I had producers showing up my book party, like people from Hollywood trying to just like get in with me. And I was, you know, I I think a lot of my shit has been. I just like wasn't healthy enough to work well on anything. And now it's different. Mm -hmm. But I'm I'm just grateful for anything that I got that I have received. I've worked really hard to prove that I. That it's okay that I'd got them, you know, because I did just. I mean, I, that, a lot of that shit fell into my lap, and I was not deserving. Like I was not well and not responsible or grateful. It was a fucking brat in the press and all this stuff, you know. And it was like, once I cleaned up my act, I, like, I've like I I take my work stuff really seriously. So we'll see if I if that comes back, that would be amazing. But um, I'm not.
2: Do you feel like you you know that? And I'll let you go soon because I know we've been talking for a while, but like you said this, I did not say this, and I don't feel that way, but like, you know, you were like, oh, I was a brat, blah, blah, blah. You know, that quote follows you around. And I didn't want to mention it because I just feel like it's like so done. But like that quote, they're like, oh, I quit. I didn't want my job. I'd rather be like snorting angel dust on top okay. of the band. Blah. Smoking. Sorry. I, I, I <laughs> Yeah. I, can't, I don't know. Do you smoke it and you snort it? But, <laughs> but, you know, do you feel like that kind of, like, did, do you feel like that messed you up?
0: I liked that quote because it was...
2: Evocative.
0: Yeah, it was, like, <laughs> art. <laughs> I really loved yeah. that. So sleepy. Like, they had emailed me, and I just was spinning that, and I wrote it in two seconds, and it turned out to be pretty cool thing for that moment, just in yeah. terms of, like, words. As a writer, I like it, but... Yeah. It's all I've done since then. Like, I show my work, you know, Yeah, and... Like life humbles you, God humbles you.
2: <laughs> I feel like you're ready for a new chapter, and people yeah. need to know it, and like directors need to know it, and actresses need to know it, and
0: yeah, and that stuff. That's that would be good. I'm. We'll see if somebody if somebody wants it. I have the rights to it. I have some very high ranking agents at UTA. You never know what's gonna what's gonna turn come around the corner.
2: Thank you so much, Kat. I'm so happy that we got to reconnect, and I'm really excited to see. What's next for you? We hope you
1: enjoyed the show. It's your reviews and feedback that help us make the podcast even better. Head over to iTunes to rate and review us or email your thoughts to info at fatmascara.com.
2: We also want to answer your beauty questions and hear what products you love. To share a Razor One product review or to ask a beauty question,
1: email us at info at fatmascara. If you send it as a voice memo file, we can even share your voice on the podcast. You can also do that by leaving us a voice message. Our phone number in the United States is 646-481-8182. Thanks so much for listening.